sometimes people ask why I still work with youth, other than the fact that because I am one. Um, that really is, that kind of hits it right there for me. It's just stories like that, that, you know, I, I, could, I could just pray now and we could go home. That was just great. I mean, just, but just to see what God can do in, um, in our lives, especially in our teens' lives, and it's just exciting to, to see that, and so that's, that excites me. Hey, um, we're going to be continuing in our series in James, and we're going to be in James, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in James chapter 1. Verses 19 to 27. I encourage you to, to um, look that up there. and We're going to be kind of reading through that passage and then breaking it down a little bit. Because we want to talk about what is real faith. When we think about faith, there's a lot of different things we think of. But the question is, what is real faith? What, is, what does that look like? How does that practically look in my life? And so we want to discuss that um, today. And I'm excited about this because this is one of those passages that... We all have life verses, and I have probably 20, just depending on what's going on in my life. But this is one of those that, this is a verse that, as we go through this, I'm going to say this a few times. But if we take one, there's one verse that we're going to kind of um, focus on in the beginning here. If we take this and we say, I'm going to apply that in this certain relationship I have, I can guarantee you that if we do this the way that God intended it, it's going to change that relationship, and so I want to start out a little different here. I want you to think for a second. I want you to think in your life, one relationship you have that you say, I would like to have that relationship be stronger. Maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's with a kid. Maybe it's with a parent, a friend, a coworker, employee, a, a, a boss. But think of just one relationship. It can, it can work for a lot of them, but sometimes that just kind of makes it to where we just kind of generalize it. So I'm going to encourage you to think of one person in your life, and you say, I would love to have that relationship be stronger. And as we start talking through this, put that in that context as we think about that. And I, I think that you'll, you'll see in a second what that looks like here. So we're going to start in James chapter 1, starting with verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. <clears throat> Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world." There's a lot in there, and I just want to kind of unpack that. But let's, let's um, start by praying, and then we'll get into that. God, we do pray that these next few minutes that you'll be speaking, and that the words that I say will just come from you. And we just thank you for this opportunity we have to, to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at the passage, and we want to start really with just the first um, three verses. And we're going to talk about real faith. And the first thing is real faith 
It says, controls the tongue. Real faith controls the tongue. If I truly have real faith, faith in Christ, faith in God, then I'm going to have control over the things I say. And I'm going to be giving us three letters. And we'll talk about that, and then I'll tell you a little bit about how I try to put this in practice. The three letters are Q-S-S. If you take nothing else out of what you hear today, take three letters, Q-S-S. The first one is quick, quick to listen. James, it tells us everyone should be quick to listen. So in other words, in that situation, we think about in, maybe in that relationship we were talking about. How many times have we, have we been in a situation where someone's talking and they're saying something and we're not hearing what they're saying because we're already forming in our mind our response to what they're saying? Anyone ever been there? I've been there. I'm sitting there and I'm talking and we start out fine, but then all of a sudden I kind of know where they're going to go and so I just kind of tune out and I just start thinking, all right, here's my great response I'm going to have ready. They're going on and it's Charlie Brown's teacher. I'm not hearing it. But I'm, they're going to hear some great things from me when they're done, when they're finally done. And so I'm just like, come on, just hurry up and get through whatever it is that you think is so important so I can share something that really is important. And so it, it starts out by said, we should be quick to listen. In other words, we should truly, really focus on listening. I was talking to someone yesterday that he's a teacher here in town, and he, and he had my kids when they were in fifth grade, and now they're like 80. And... Um, and he comes up and he sees me. It's like, I'm terrible. There's one thing about me is I'm terrible with names. Most of you in here know that because I come up and I go, hey, hey, you. You know, and it's like, so please don't be offended if I don't remember your name. I don't remember anyone's name. Like, even my wife. She's right. Okay. Um, I'm just terrible with that. And so when somebody is really, really good with names, I'm just impressed with that. Well, this guy will come up and he'll see me. And it's like, if I see someone, I can sometimes remember, hey, you know, how you doing? And like that, and I can remember the name. But it's like, if I see, like, their parent or something like that, it's, it's, it's all bets are off. This guy will come up. He'll see me. He's, he's only seen me probably four or five times. Who knows? He says, hey, how you doing? How's Tyler? How's Stephanie doing? And, and I'm just like, just amazed. I'm like, how in the world do you remember? First, I'm like, are you stalking? What's going on? You know, like, but it's like, it's just amazing. And so I told him, I said, it's just, that's something that I'm really impressed with, that you can remember people's names. And I said, I wish I had that, because I'll talk to someone. I'll have a conversation with someone. I'm standing there having a conversation. They'll say, hey, my name is John. I'm like, oh, great, great. And then at the end of the conversation, I walk away, and I'm like, I can't remember their name. They just said it, and it's one of those things where I think, I'm not really listening. I don't know what's going on, but it's just my ADD and all that other stuff is going on, and I'm just like zoning out here, and it's like I have to be better at that. So the first thing we look at is real faith. It's quick to listen. And then the next thing it says is slow to speak, which ties right in with that. If I'm quick to listen, I'm going to be slow to speak. That means I'm not going to be jumping in as soon as somebody starts talking and say, let me jump in here and... and you know, say something like that. Slow to speak is allowing them to talk and pulling back and kind of saying, all right, God, just slow me down. And I can tell you, if you know me at all, you know that, boy, I need that. It's like, because some people say, oh, Nelson, you're so quick-witted. I can tell you right now, that's a curse. I get in trouble so many times because I'm thinking, oh, this is a great response. And sometimes it is until I say it. And in my head, it's amazing. And when it comes out, I'm like, well, I'm going to spend the next six weeks, you know, regretting that one. So, but that whole idea of, of being quick to listen, 
Listen to what they're truly saying. Slow to speak. Don't just jump in there and, and, and try to say something because you think that you've got the answer. And then the third one is slow to anger. So if I'm quick to listen and I'm slow to speak, it's going to help with that third one of being slow to anger because I'm not going to fly off the handle as quickly because in that relationship, whoever that person is that you're thinking of, how many times have you gotten angry in that relationship and you say, boy, I wish I hadn't done that? Go backwards and say, if I'm quick to listen and I'm slow to speak, is that going to help with me being slow to anger? Most times it will, because if we're not saying something, it helps us as far as not getting angry as much. And so the QSS, this is something I've had to do sometimes in meetings. I will literally take a piece of duct tape, put it on my finger, and write QSS on it. And I'll be in that meeting, and there's something that I really feel like I have to say because it's so important and they need to hear it. And I'll get ready to say something, and I'll just kind of look at my finger, and I'll say, I'm not going to say it. And then I, I sit there and I go, oh, that was smart. And that piece of duct tape probably saved me a number of times. And so that's why I wanted tonight, we don't have it, but I encourage you, if, if you're going through, as you go through life and you sit there going, some relationships, I'm just struggling because sometimes I don't slow down and truly listen. And I, I speak too fast and I get angry too quickly. Take a piece of tape and wrap it around your finger and just put QSS on there. And say, God, help me remember that in whatever situation you're in. It'll save us sometimes a lot of trouble. And I know for me, QSS is a good one. But for me, I sometimes need to use SSS. And that is, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm, to myself. I'm not saying, I'm, if, and if, your kid, you know, if your kids are here, and we don't use that word, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. But for me, sometimes I just need to just be and say, Nelson, just shut up. And I have, to, I have to tell myself that because I'll be in a situation where it's like, I know if I don't say anything, I'm going to be a lot better off than if I say anything, no matter how great it may seem right now. And so that's what I want to encourage us. When we think about real faith is it controls our tongue. James 1.19 tells us, it says, be slow, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because if you're like me, I totally flip that around. I totally flip that around. And I am really slow to listen. And I'm quick to speak. And I'm quick to become angry. That's just, humanly, that's naturally how we are. We're, we're built that way. So when God comes out and he says, I want you to be slow to speak, quick to listen, quick to become, forget it. Um, I just, just be quick and slow. But I mean, basically, when, if we do it the way God intended, not the way I just said it, um, then we're going we're gonna to realize that God has it a perfect plan for us. And in that relationship that we're, we're thinking of, that's going to go a long way to helping us um, f- fix maybe any, anything that might be going on there. So the first thing is real faith controls the tongue. And then second thing is real faith responds to the truth. James 1, to 25. It says, do not merely listen to the word. Don't listen to what the Bible says, what God's telling us. And so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it 
not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. You ever been to the carnival where they have those mirrors that can kind of distort how you look in a good way or bad way, depending on how you look in it? You can get those mirrors where, man, I feel fat today, but I look in that mirror and I'm like, whew, I'm looking good. Like that, or I feel like I'm, I'm feeling good and I look in the mirror and it's like, oh my goodness, what just happened here? Those mirrors can distort how, how we, we see ourselves. And a lot of times that's the, the, the case is we see ourselves differently than we really are. Sometimes we see ourselves better than we really are. Sometimes we see ourselves worse than we really are. But when we look in the, in the morning, when we get up and we, we get ready and we go into the mirror in our bathroom and we look at it, have you ever had those days when you look in the mirror and you're just not happy with what you see? You're just like, boy, not today. It's not working today. And you, you get a bat out and you smash the mirror. And then you sit there and you find out who made the mirror. And you call them up and you say, you know what, you better fix this. This is all messed up. It sounds dumb, but think about this. When we read the Bible, the Bible is a mirror into our soul. The Bible is a mirror into who we really are on the inside. And so many people will read the Bible and they'll get angry and they'll get mad. And they get mad at the Bible and they get mad at God because they don't like what they see. That is essentially taking a baseball bat to a mirror and blaming the the maker of the mirror for what they're seeing in the reflection. So when we look at this, the Bible says, don't just look at the mirror and walk away and forget what you've seen. Look intently into it. It, it tells us, he says, if we, we don't want to forget what we look like, but look intently, and then it says, and continues in it. So I look intently into it, I focus on it, and I say, what is it that I'm looking at? And then I, and then I continue to do what it is that God wants. So two mistakes that I think we make when it comes to the to this whole idea of what the Bible says, is that we glance quickly. We'll sit there and we'll look at this, what the Bible says, and we'll just glance at it quickly, and instead of looking intently and focusing on it and continuing in it, we just kind of glance and we move on. Sometimes we feel like, all right, I did my duty. I've, I've read my few verses for today, but we're not really reading. What is it trying to tell us? What is it God is trying to tell me? When I was in middle school, this will shock some of you, um, I had ADD, I had ADHD, I had ABCD, I had everything. When you look up ADD in the dictionary, my picture is right, is, is right there. It's like they don't even define it. They just say, just watch him. You'll know exactly what it is. That's the way it was. I mean, back then, though, they didn't have it diagnosed. They just called it knucklehead. And that was pretty much, that would sum up what it was. But that's the way it was. It's like I couldn't focus on anything. And so many times spiritually we do the same thing. God is saying, hey, this is what I want for you. This is what's going to be best for you in your relationships. What's going to be best for you in your life. And we just get distracted. And we, we kind of lose our focus. And so that we, we glance quickly. And the second thing is we forget what we see. We need to, we, it needs to become planted in our hearts. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to, the parable here is the parable of the sowers or the soils, depending on um, who you talk to here. But it's the idea that, that the farmer goes out and he's taking seed and he's throwing it out. And back then, back in Jesus' day, when, when a farmer went out and sowed, 
they just threw the seed. They went out there, the, the, the ground was ready, but they went out and they just threw the seed. And it says that some of it fell on the path, just where people were walking. And it says some of it fell on rocky ground. Others went into the thorns, and then some of it went on the good soil. And so the farmer's out there throwing the seed, and it says it went on different types of ground. The path where people you know, walked real hard on the rocky ground, the, the thorns, and the good soil. Matthew, 18, Matthew 13, 18 to 23, Jesus comes and says, here's what that parable is telling us. Starting with verse 18 in Matthew 13. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it. And we're going to stop there for a second. What Jesus is talking about, he's basically saying when anyone hears the gospel. When anyone hears the fact, like, like Jessica Mendenhall heard. That there comes a point where we realize I'm not right with God. There's something in my life called sin that separated me from God. And when we hear that, and we, do, and we understand that I'm separated from God, something has to happen in our heart. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about, because we understand that we can't get to God, no matter how hard we try, and a lot of us have. We try so hard to say, I'm just going to be good enough. I'm going to wake up today, and I'm going to get through this day, and I'm not going to mess up. And two minutes in, we say, tomorrow, I'll try it again. Because it doesn't work. But we sit there and say, I'm going to try my best to be good enough and hope that God accepts that. And God says, that's not going to work. The only thing that's going to work to make you right with me is what Christ did on the cross. He, he paid the penalty for you. He said, uh, Jesus Christ on the cross made it to where we could be made right with God. Not because of anything that we've done. So that's the gospel. And that's what we're talking about. When anyone hears that and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But once they have, since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Okay, so we have the first one. We've got the path. They don't understand it. They hear about what Jesus did. Nothing. And, and Jesus, I mean, Satan, it says Satan comes in and just kind of snatches away. It's gone. The second one, it says that they get excited. They hear it and they say, yeah, this is great. But it says they don't have any root. And so they, they get excited about it. But as soon as it gets hard, as soon as they sit there and go, what, you actually want me to do something? You want me to be uncomfortable? This isn't what I signed up for. It says they're gone. They quickly fall away. And then the third one, it says that the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So that, so that person, they hear it, and they get excited about it, and they say, boy, this is something I want. I want to follow after God. I, I know what Jesus did for me. And they take that, and they kind of run with it. But all of a sudden, the busyness of our life, the worries of our life, all this other stuff that comes in, maybe chasing after wealth, whatever it is, it says that comes in and that chokes out what's going on with that seed. And so we look at it and we say there's three different soils so far that this seed has fallen on. Jesus died to save us so we can have a relationship with God. When you hear that, your heart is either hardened to where you say, I'm not interested, or you get excited about it until you realize, boy, there's a commitment involved. Then it's like, okay, check, 
check please, I'm out. Or you go on for a while and it seems like things are going great, but then all of a sudden you just, it's not like you, you intentionally sit there and make a decision to turn away from God, but you just kind of push him to the side because you're so busy with so many other things. I can tell you for myself, there are many days I sit there and go, I'm just too busy to spend time reading the Bible. Isn't that great for a pastor to say that? That's just great. So let's pray and go home. So I sit there and I go, I'm too busy. And then I look at him and say, how long does it take to read maybe just this passage that we've just read? It could take five minutes. I can sit there and, and pray about it and say, God, teach me something. Take five minutes out of my day. And as we look at our schedule, we say that a lot. If we're honest, we sit there and say, I'm too busy for that. And we look at our schedule, how we fill it with so many different things. And we say, I can't take five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever, of my entire day to say, God, speak to me. What is it that you want to teach me today? That's what I want us to encourage us to think about. Because that's what the third soil is, the one that's among the thorns. is It gets choked out because we're so busy with so many different things. And then the last one, it says, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. And it talks about the fact that it goes on and produces a harvest. So the one that falls on good soil is they hear it, they do something with it, and there's something in their life to show that there's a good thing going on there. And so when we think about this, when we think about the gospel, let's go back to how we started. What are the three letters, not the SSS, but what are the three letters that I said that we ought to walk out here with? What's the first one? Second and third. QSS. In our relationships with each other, if I'm quick, if I'm slow, and I'm slow, it's going to help that relationship. Now, in our relationship with God, the same thing. If I'm quick to listen to God, if I'm slow to speak, and I'm slow to get angry at God, when I look at what the Bible says, when I look into that mirror, and I don't like what I see, and I said, I'm, going to, I'm slow to get angry, that's going to help our relationship with God as well. Because God is saying, here, I want to teach you something. But too many times, even in that relationship, we're too quick to sit there and say something and say, but, but God, you don't understand. That sounds good in theory, but you don't understand in the reality how that really plays out. And God does. And, and so when it, when it comes to our lives, the question I want to ask is, what soil are you? What soil am I? When that, when that seed is, is sown, when, it, when it's thrown out there, when I hear about what Jesus did to make the relationship with God restored, where is my heart? What kind of soil is that falling on in my heart? And, and encourage us to really think about the fact that God wants it to be the good soil, that it's going to show in our lives. That we, we hear it and we understand it and we do something with it. So we, we, we fail to obey what we read. Once we know what we should do, it's up to us to actually do it. See, once we know what it is we're supposed to do, then it's up to us to actually do that. I use this a lot, but I think it's so fitting every time. It's, it's the whole idea of the head, heart, hands. That we can know something in our head. And it can stay there and it can become a lot of knowledge. And there were people in Jesus' day who were like that. They knew a lot about God. They were called Pharisees. It's interesting because they were the religious leaders of that day. And if you read through the Bible, Jesus is 
the most harsh with the religious leaders of his day. He was more harsh with them than he was with sinners. Because the sinners were, still didn't know who God was. They were trying to figure that out. But here are the religious leaders who should know it all and have all the answers. Yet they were no different, really. Other than the fact that they were proud and they were sitting there going, look how great I am. Look how much I know. But it got stuck in the head and it never went anywhere else. But if it goes from the head to the heart, where it seeps down, and we sit there and we look intently, as James says, and we act on what we, we read and what we know, then it gets into our heart. And when that happens, it's going to come out in our hands. Some, they're going to, people are going to see something in our lives that's different. So we can know it, and then we're going to actually, it's going to become part of who we are, and it's going to come on how we live our lives. So we got real faith. We talked about the fact that real faith controls the tongue. Real faith responds to the truth. And the third one is real faith is humble. Real faith is humble. James 1.21. It tells us, it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the, and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. And then go down to verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We got a chance this past week to put that into practice with our youth group when we went to Omaha. We went to Omaha and we, and we, we worked with a group called Urban Plunge, which is basically doing a lot of ministry with um, inner city homeless ministries. And so we got, we got a chance to go down there, and we talk, you talk about wanting to do something that's, that's humbling. The fact that we're going to go down there, and we're not expecting anything. We're not saying, I'm going to go down there, and boy, I'm, they're going to give me something in return as far as monetary. I'm going to get something out of this and, and come back, you know, better off, you know, it, as far as money-wise or something like that. That's not why we went down there. And it was obvious when you go down there that these people didn't have a lot to give as far as money-wise. But they had a lot to give as far as just us being able to minister and, and, and really kind of sharing God's love with them. And so one of the ministries we went to was, it's called Scattered Joy Acres. And it's a great ministry where they take, they rescue animals. And they take these animals in and then they use them for therapy for, for kids, for adults, anyone with, with special needs or um, they go to nursing homes and they use these animals. And so I went down there and we're, we're doing some ministry, we're helping out around there and so that she needed a wheel put on a gate so that, so, you know, so that she could move the gate easier. So the first question she asked me is, are you mechanically inclined? <laughs> and she's never heard any of my sermons. So I said, yes, I am. So my nephew, which was really cool, he was in Omaha, so he came to visit. And so he was with us. So, so Luke and I are putting this wheel on this gate. And for whatever miracle of God is actually working... And I have one of these um, guys in the youth group that was kind of all over me sometimes. And I was just kind of like, I need some space. Well, all of a sudden, I'm feeling this breathing down my neck. And I'm like, I said I need some space. All right? So I look up. I look up, and I'm staring at a camel. And I'm like, that was not what I was expecting. And so this camel is like, does what camels do, which I don't know what that is. But he's like, like, you know, just got mad at me backs up, he's in a bunch of mud. He had just rolled around in a bunch of mud, and he's up, and he's just covered in mud. He backs up, and he makes this grunting noise, and he starts, 
kicking mud at Luke and I. Like three times I was like, what in the world are you doing, you psycho? And so, so we're, we're there, and then all of a sudden we're, we're um, I'm a germaphobe. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I, like, if you, if you have a dog in your house, and I come in your house, and I pet your dog, that's great. I, I love that. But then the next thing I'm going to do is either find your bathroom or hand sanitizer. And I'm going to wash my hands really quick. And that's just who I am. So I'm, I'm in this place, and the lady goes, I need to, we need to build a cage. And it's inside of this barn, and we need to take this pig pen, and we need to cut it in half because we have to put this cage in. I'm like, okay. So I get in there. We're, we're sweeping everything around. We push the pig over. I'm laying on my back, and I'm putting this cage down. And all of a sudden, I'm laying there, and I roll over, and I am staring this close to this pig. And this pig starts going, just screaming at me. And, and this whole time I'm sitting there going, I am not in my element in any way. I'm getting kicked, mud kicked on me by a camel. I'm getting a pig, you know, screaming at me. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, all right, God, I'm doing this for you because there's absolutely no way that I would be doing this otherwise. And so, so when we're out there and we're doing this and, we're, and we go out, and, and the, one of the cool things about this whole week of, of this ministry was the kids were saying, hey, we, we, we're doing this physical stuff, which is great. We really want to share with people. We really want to talk to people and just kind of share the, the gospel with people. And, and so we got a chance to do that. Um, it was just a God thing because the weather, it was raining. I don't know what it was like here, but last week it was just raining all week there. And so we couldn't do the stuff that we were supposed to do. So we went to the mall, we broke up, and the kids just went around and they just started talking to people. And then that afternoon we went to one of the homeless shelters. And we just got a chance to go out there and, and just talk with people. It was, it was, it was so much fun. And so when I looked at this, real faith is humble, and it talks about the fact that religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in the distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Are we looking out in our lives for those in need, whatever that may look like? And are we saying, God, show me how I can be of help and service to other people out there? Because sometimes we can go through life and we can get busy and we can pass right by it. But if we sit there and say, God, help me. Help me be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to anger. Help me be quick to listen to what you want to tell me. If there's somebody that you say, boy, here's a need. If we're quick to listen and we're slow to speak, we're going to hear what God has to tell us as far as what he wants from that. And so the last thing here is, how do I know if I'm responding correctly to God's word? How do I know that if I'm responding the way that God wants when I read the Bible? It's through our, through our speech, through our actions, and through it, living a God-pleasing life. We're gonna, I'm going to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you've ever gone through your life and said, God, what is your will for my life? What is it you want for my life? Romans lays it out. First of all, don't conform. It is way too easy to conform to this world. And what does that mean? It means we take the QSS and we flip it around. And we go SQQ. 
And if, but conforming to the world is saying, I, hey, I'm going to be quick to get angry and I'm going to be quick to talk, but I'm going to be really slow to listen to other people. That's what our world does. But if we're going to be transformed, we're going to change it around and we're going to go QSS. Or SSS, just shut up. Sometimes we just have to tell ourselves that. And just say, God, I need to listen. I need to listen to those around me. I need to listen to that person that we started out today. Saying in that relationship, God, how can I make that relationship better? Three simple letters will help that. God, how can I make my relationship with you better? The same three letters. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And God can do some amazing things in our lives through us for his glory. Would you stand as we we pray here? God, thank you so much for your word. We just thank you for how practical it is that it's so simple but yet so hard. I do pray that you'll help, help each one of us, myself included, Lord, as I think about those relationships and how easy it is Lord, for me to just jump out and say something without really thinking about it. Or to get angry quickly and not to truly listen. I pray that you'll just help me, Lord, to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And Lord, I pray that for each one here, that you can help each one of us. Maybe just this next week, Lord, just, just to be practical this next week and say, how can I put this into practice? And how can that affect my relationship with those around me? And Lord, how can that affect my relationship with you? We love you and, and, and we just thank you so much for this chance to, to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen.